What's up and welcome to Ad Edit Delete. This is a podcast for business owners by business owners. My name is Mike Ford. I'm joined by my partners, Cody and Mark. And what we're going to be doing is discussing things that we've been through, through our careers as entrepreneurs. Uh, we've had a lot of success in generating hundreds of millions of dollars through our businesses, but it hasn't come easy. And so there's a lot of things that we felt like we wanted to bring forward to the small business community. And that's why we're here. Uh, my background real quick is, you know, I started washing dishes at 13 years old and it was all about trying to get something that I never grew up with, uh, blue collar background. And I felt like business as an air quote term was a way I was going to be able to find some money to be able to buy some things that I had never seen other than on TV. And that began a gradual journey of uh, taking business classes in high school, uh, going into, I was able to get into a good school, majored in marketing, and just started to immerse myself into businesses around leaders that I could learn from. And I did that. I went, got an MBA, had a lot of corporate experience where I learned from a lot of really good leaders with some businesses that uh, were in various stages of their life cycle some very developed, some emerging, uh, some that just needed optimization. And I took all of that experience and brought that out to help other businesses uh, through my own really grow and scale. And how do you do that right? And so we've had a lot of success in our journeys together, and now uh, we're looking forward to having a conversation about it. So I'll introduce you to my partners. Uh, start with Cody. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey. My long journey. <laughs> how, how long does it take to get to be 6'5"? <laughs> a lot of vegetables. So yeah, I, I, be, I was an entrepreneur at a young age, and I didn't know what that was. My parents were both blue-collar, um, farming, right? Very entrepreneurial. Uh, you learn a lot about wins and losses in farming and, and raising animals and, and crop and and uh, so on. But where I really got a, uh, my start in entrepreneuring was mowing lawns, a lawn mowing business. My parents bought my brother and I a lawn mowing business. My brother was nine and I was 11 and full-time job. The only time that we would get time away or time off was if we were playing sports. So uh, didn't have a lot of money growing up, didn't hardly have any money. And my parents instilled this hard work ethic in us very young age. And you know, you're nine, 10 years old, you don't know how to mow a lawn. So you find out pretty quick because people don't care. They, they'll come out there and rip a little 11 year old boy for, you know, the line's <laughs> not being straight in the grass. Oh, wow. And so I learned at like a really young age, how to deal with people um, and how to continue to grow a business. And, and so I, so that was really great that my parents got me into that and they did that so we could earn money for college and we'd put money away. Um, and it was a cool deal that they, they had for us because if I wasn't working, then I needed to somehow pay for my school. So if I'm not working, I need to play sports and I need to have good grades. So I had three options. It was, it was work, uh, study, or go lift weights, and, and, which was, you know, study, lift weights is playing sports. So um, that hard work ethic blossomed into 
what I have now. And underneath me, uh, I have 13 LLCs. So, and then I've grown some businesses from uh, ground up. And then we've also went into businesses and spun them up and taken them from $20 million a year to $100 million a year businesses. And uh, yeah, I'm running out of breath because it's my... <laughs> Didn't pace myself first podcast, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, so like long story short, hard work ethic from a young age and it's always worked for me and discipline and showing up on time. And I learned that from, uh, being a young entrepreneur and growing into these bigger businesses. What about you, Mark? Tell us oh, about your boy. story. Here's my story. Yeah. I had a job early young as well. I was selling, not delivering newspapers, selling subscriptions door to door, um, 13 years old, I did that for, for a while. And like you said, it, you're door knocking. And at that young of an age, you're going to learn a lot about just individuals and dealing with people and uh, just growing and going through that ladder, you know, building, climbing up that ladder, basically. Yeah. Prejudging who's door yeah, knocking yeah, on, right? Like, uh, you oh, know, do I want to yeah, knock on yeah, this one? definitely. So, you know, uh, doing that and then just you know, applying myself and that hard work ethic. That's what, that's what matters, I think, 100%. Because if you don't have an, a hard worth work ethic, that you're just everything else isn't going to, it's not going to work out for you. Yeah, well, how did you develop into that work ethic? For, um, I mean, you're, you're honestly, knocking on people's doors yeah, and delivering at, papers. Yeah, you know, I, honestly, I think I wanted to, I wanted to, um, I wanted to make a little bit of money, you know? Yeah. I didn't come from a lot, you know, I had a single mom and uh, three sisters, a brother. And uh, that's something that, you know, it's it's good making your little hundred bucks a week there. Yeah. Were you the you oldest, know? youngest? I was uh, I was second to youngest. I had okay. three older sisters, a younger brother. But yeah, it's, and uh, it just teaches you a lot and going through, um, you know, my parents, my mom working hard worker. Yeah, single, so single mom. Single mom. Five of you? Five of us, yeah. Yeah, so, so you, money's yeah, tight. Right like money's You had to tight. find some money some way, like especially yeah. if you wanted stuff or wanted a new shirt. Yeah. Yeah, so those are the things, yeah. I, you know, I wasn't growing up with uh, Jordans or anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no Jordans, given. definitely. But, you know, like I said, all of that, all of those uh, experiences put me where I'm at now, you know, and it gave me that foundation of where I want to go, what I want to do. You know, and that's uh, that's what's important to you. Like, what's important to you? I don't know. It's, what's important to me? What is important to you? Mm, family, you know, number one. I think family. Um, that's, other than that, you can get into a little, but I put family first above everything else, you know. You can build a great business. You can do all these things, but if you don't have a family to go home to, if you don't have, you know, I have a four-month-old daughter that are just, yeah. Is everything. You well, know? you and I were just talking with uh, Travis, right? With Sticky, Sticky Paws, right? Yeah. And they're going through that grind right now. Yeah. They're sleeping on the couch, right? Yeah. You remember doing that at a young age, oh, like yeah. pushing that grind and like, you know, asking them, you know, I was asking him, what, what's your goal? He didn't have like a set goal, but he knew that like working hard now. And I remember being in his shoes and knowing like I had a goal. I didn't want to work this hard. I'd seen my parents work their whole life. Like, but I, but it was cool to like see where he was at and then like think back on that. Like I've been in his shoes multiple times, right? On starting a new business venture and growing something. And, you know, is it going to work out? The time put it into it, 
and like I remember like bragging about how hard I was working, but like because um, I thought like that was what was what was supposed to be done. That's you know how I learned through um, previous coaches and bosses. But the end goal is for me, just like you, is like time with family, like so important. And that's what this podcast is about. Like, how do you go from sleeping on the couch, working long hours, not seeing your family, not having time for friends to developing or, you know, finding out. Finding that time. Finding yeah, that making time. Making that time. That's yeah. a good concept, right? It's like work-life balance, right? Yeah. And that's what we're in corporate America. It was a really good buzzword, right? But the way you differentiated yourself in corporate America was give up what HR was telling you to have a work-life balance and go harder than the person that was taking their family yeah. as a priority. You were tr like at your peak when you were doing the work-life balance where you're traveling around, you're in, you're, you know, what, what was your time like? Were you were in the plane more and in different, <laughs> well, different places? Well, I traveled, I've always traveled a lot for my job. Uh, and you develop rationalization and justification skills, right? Where it's yeah. like, I'm going for my family. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And uh, those can get cloudy, right? Sometimes it feels like too long. I was just, uh, I live back in Boston. We're sitting in Vegas now where we have a lot of businesses based. And, um, you know, that requires time away for me. Absolutely. Um, but the... The thing that I enjoy about where I am now with I have uh, a three-year-old daughter, 10-year-old son, 13-year-old son is telling them I'm going out to film a f podcast. Yeah. Right. And these kids, I didn't know what, a, there was no podcast when I was 13. Yeah. My dad, who was a school teacher, definitely wasn't building businesses and definitely what, like the things that you can expose your family to based on what we have going on for businesses. I find a lot of value in that, not the paycheck, right? The things that have happened when you're trying to understand what is the right work-life balance, uh, creating stability for that family financially. Yes. A lot is what the, is the best thing you can do for them. And sometimes that doesn't mean you're going to be there for every pickup or every sporting event, right? Because you're hoping if the kid needs a new stick or a new ball or a new pair of cleats, there's funds for that. The way I grew up, there weren't always funds for that, yeah. right? Um, so that's that's the internal game, right? What What value am I giving to my family by taking my time away from them? I have a core belief where I believe the most valuable thing you can give anybody is your time. And so when my businesses are taking time away from my family, hopefully that investment in what I'm building in financial stability is worth that trade-off. Yeah. And that's something that you and I have riffed about a lot, right? How do you create that time? And then uh, realizing that action versus activity, which, and, and are you just being active are you getting stuff done or are you actually taking action and finishing it and creating that time which really that's something that mike and i've dealt with with a lot of employees other businesses are they just spinning their wheels or is that thing in drive and is it going or are you sitting in neutral which really ties into this podcast which is add edit delete 
Yeah. And how do we, you know, just from sitting here, family is important. So how do you add, edit, and delete your business to get more time with your family or to achieve those long-term goals? Yeah, absolutely. Well, starting with the lowest hanging fruit, stuff that's not adding value, right? Get that out, right? If you're starting, if <clears throat> when you develop a career, your skills become more enhanced. And so things like reconciling my QuickBooks, right? I don't do anymore. Um, where is the value that I'm best utilized in providing the business? A lot of times in it, it's in giving up. This is editing who is going to be doing these tasks. And delegate. Yep. Delegate is the hardest skill to develop. Some I, people can't let go. Some people cannot let go, right? And um, But it's mandatory. Yeah. It's mandatory yeah, to you scale. Have to. You have to. I call it um, don't steal the learning, right? So when uh, someone is taking on a new task, it's very easy to get in and really do it side by side. How many times are you going to do it side by side yeah. where you're actually doubling the amount of work because it's redundant? Yeah, You got to let them go, got to let them fail or succeed. But if you don't let go, you don't know if they're yeah. going to fail or succeed, right? So. Yeah, so... Uh, that just like brings something up that reminds me of when we were doing the EOS model and we were learning like really what uh, in the EOS model for learning uh, that we took as entrepreneurs and executives we were learning how to grow the business because we'd grown to an substantial or a substantial amount in a short amount of time. And it seemed like we would have this huge, it reminded me of a, a Christmas tree, right? It would grow, 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 and then it was that base needed to grow a lot bigger because it was growing so tall so fast. And so a lot of times Mike and I were building the, the building blocks to keep that sturdy. And in, in that EOS model, it was simplify, delegate, elevate, predict, and systematize. And what that, you know, and I think you can add that down and sim simplify it to add, edit, delete. Exactly. Which is exactly what it is. Yep. And so, which... We've developed our, you know, we have our own EOS model. That would make a long podcast name. It would make a <laughs> yeah. long podcast name. Correct. Yeah. So ex exciting stuff, like mm -hmm. just sitting here and talking about that and understanding what our own concept, our own core concepts, our own plan of action that we have put together and how to help people understand that. Because, you know, it is a mouthful to to think yeah. of all those and they're key and then they're important. And so how do you step back from that? Well, I think of something, Mark, when you're talking about, you know, your experience growing up is with your mom taking care of everything. Oh yeah. And your dad was out building business, right? He's oh, a serial well, entrepreneur still yeah, working. Yeah. He's so he chose that drive, but 100%. didn't figure it out. Didn't, That's didn't figure why, out that work life balance. Yeah. And you've internalized that. Uh, a hundred percent. I think that's why it's so, yeah. You know, my dad was never at a baseball game. Just never, you know, I didn't see my dad for a long time. So yeah, family is more important to me, you know, but, um, your mom probably never missed a baseball game, right? Uh, no, my mom actually was working. So she couldn't oh, yeah, really she go couldn't. to the baseball yeah. game. So I had my older sisters there. So I really had, you know, I had a lot of support and, 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 you're you writing know, a lot of pine, too. You were <laughs> hitting on the bench, huh? <laughs> no, no, I was doing all right. But, uh, you know, 
it, it might not everything was uh it was um it was it was a little crazy there working out with the family what but, position did you play uh baseball i played uh i played outfield football i played uh cuban right everybody from Cuba is great. At, it's, I'm not it's Cuban. Like, I'm Colombian. <laughs> Colombian. Colombian. <laughs> this guy thinks I'm Colombian. I can't Puerto figure Rican. out what Mark is. No, he said Puerto Rican. If, you, if you're not <laughs> corn fed from the Pacific Northwest, <laughs> and I'm ha- it's all foreign. And I'm like, I'm all, yeah, I'm all, but I'm half Colombian and half Mexican. My dad's Colombian. My mom's Mexican. And Irish. And, and I got a little bit of Irish. Yeah, my, my grandfather was like adopted. And so, yeah, there's some. So you played, you played baseball? Played baseball. In were decent. Yeah, I did all right. And uh, in a lot of that comes from hard work ethic, right? To be a good athlete. Well, that's why I look at the model, like the the, the employee model that you like. Yeah, you know? I only like hiring ex athletes. I think that's a that's something that's they're used to adversity, you know, right? Adversity, failure, and getting up and getting your shit together. Yeah. And get back up and get back to work, you know? It's like that's life, you know? You're going to fail. It's make it a learning experience and, you know, maybe don't do it again. And I'm a frameworks guy, right? And frameworks come from coaches, right? Do this many reps, this many yeah. of this. And if there's that path, are you going to buck it, right? We like uh, – when you're running a business, it's generally a – a playbook, right? Yeah. That refines yep. itself. And are you hiring people that are willing to engage in the playbook? Or are they going to be like, oh, I can figure out a better oh, way I to do this. I can do this all. Yeah, yeah I know everything. Right? Yeah, you don't want the person that, you know, knows everything, the know-it-all. You want somebody that's open. And, and time management. That's the thing yeah. that I've learned from you with my experience with uh, former college athletes, that time management of, being able to be in school full time and practice at the rigor that that you guys were expected to practice oh, yeah. at, I would right. I, I was sleep thinking about showing up late. I got good grades, but then I was done. And yeah. I was doing my thing, and it was not <laughs> athletic. But you were you were a pretty good role player in in uh, high school, though. Uh, from a sports perspective, yeah. absolutely. I love team sports, and a lot right? of. And I coach team sports. I yeah. coach my sons. And especially with youth sports, the the theme is team, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I have... Uh, you know ha- team abbreviated is? What? Together, everyone achieves more. There you go. So I always say, like, have fun, try hard, be a good teammate. Yep. Right? Have fun first. Like, the sports, you want kids wanting to get back up it's there. hard yeah and yeah you have to have fun just like in business you have to have fun this, and, but i think those exactly are translatable to business a lot of yeah. but right? a, be a good teammate you kidding me like the people that are like so and so keep screwing up like building these cancers inside offices yeah. like that's awful it is yeah i i would go as far to say 90 percent of the people that i know that are business owners Played competitive sport at one time or another, and were decent, right? Or, or even if they weren't, but like going through, and they finished varsity, they went through all that. Mm-hmm. There's something about it being a young kid, and, and but you learn as a young kid too. You're not going to have good coaches. There's a lot of bad coaches out there, just like there's a lot of bad business owners. And um, 
Yeah. Yeah, that I have a a boss, my manager uh, in corporate America for a while. You're around a lot of different leadership styles, and she would say, you learn it. And, you know, of course, go into a one-on-one, like, so-and-so doesn't know what they're talking about, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you learn as much from people that you don't want to emulate Absolutely. as people you do. Absolutely, right? yeah. You, I take all the good stuff, and you can keep all that negative, negative stuff or all that bad stuff. You know. Well, you were business student of the year in high school, right? <laughs> That's so, true. Business student of the <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah, it it's super comp- super competitive. <laughs> there were like three of us taking accounting, and one of us got an A minus, and the rest got B pluses. Uh, <clears throat> no, but it was, I think it was the enthusiasm for it, right? I, I don't, I didn't even know that award existed, right? But once you got to that junior, senior year and you were taking driven, electives, yeah. my electives were, what is business? Yeah. Like, what does that word even mean? Because growing up in a blue collar community, either they were dads who had their own businesses, but they were monetizing their trade or... There were the stores, but I didn't know who the owners were. Yeah. Um, and then there were doctors. Like, I don't understand a healthcare business in a hospital. So I didn't even know what business was. And that's where I just kept, I, uh, even on my LinkedIn, right? Like, learning never ends is my banner because I was just always trying to figure it out. And then once I started to understand some of the concepts through classroom learning, and then experiential learning, uh, always that question, like, could I actually run a business? Yeah, do this. Can yeah. I do this? And I think my biggest apprehension was around my delegation, my ability to delegate. And we, Cody and I ran through an experience where going from 20 to 100 million, it was impossible. So I had to pick and choose which ones, yeah, things I was letting to. go. You can't. Just like anything else. I got reps in letting go and then trusting and reading the people that you could trust to give a little more to. Uh, But it had to be forced. Like delegation had to be forced on me. And then once I had those reps, then it was like, I could do this. I could do this. So Nice. Nice. I think one of the interesting concepts too about we're we're kind of an employee uh, owner conversations is like what's what is that difference right i was an employee for i personally was an employee for so long and trying to understand what that owner perception is and it just felt too big felt like there were too many headaches but yet i would have put in my head i could do it better right and i think that's a struggle we yeah. always face is the employee who doesn't have to think about sales for instance they don't have to think about what phone system are we going to use. Yeah. They don't have to think about where the leads are going to come from. How are we going to spend the money? Uh, how are we going to pick third-party providers that are going to – and then they sit down and go, I could do that better. Oh, yeah. When everything's served yeah, on a yeah, platter. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, that's just uh, – that's not reality, you know. Yeah. But let's talk a little bit – so you went to high school and then you went to college. You went to high school. I went to high school. I'm a college dropout. I went to Cal State Fullerton. And I dropped out of there, uh, basically started working. I got a job working. And that's the thing. I think I was building these skills without even knowing it. You know, it's like 
um, it was it was a box swap. So basically, uh, the cable company was upgrading all their cable boxes, and I got a job. Go switch out cable boxes. You get paid X amount of dollars per box. I was, you know, 18, 19. I was like, hey, let's go. And, um, you know, going into people's houses, dealing with individuals on a daily like that, it's something different. You know, when you're going into somebody's house rather than, let's say, just a phone conversation, you know. And you grew up in, 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 you grew LA, up in LA. LA area. So, yep. And uh, was it like? Pasadena. It was, what was all the... over. It oh, was so like, you were just going all over. So it was like okay, East LA. Today is like, like the you know, it's it's a pretty big area. So it's like okay, yeah, the whole the whole system needed to be switched over. So there was tons of guys, you know. So you just get uh, a city. Let's say Pasadena. We run through Pasadena. Then you got. San Gabriel, and so on and so forth. And we were doing that at a young age, learning and um, just, uh, yeah, dealing with a lot of people. You know? How many guys did you end up running? You ran? You well, ended that's up running how I started. Run? Yeah, that's how I started getting in there. And then basically I became a lead. They made me a lead. And then I came, you know, and then um, I started learning, you know, just swapping boxes. I got into the installation side and doing that, and then um, really got into um, basically building the uh, uh, installation contracting crew. We started with a contract, uh, like with five installers, and then with that, we built it up to about like 50 installers. So that was... Um, and you say we, you and... Well, that was like my ex, my ex, uh, my ex boss. Nice. He was pretty, so you pretty... Were, uh, but you were, he leaned on you a lot. Oh, well, me. yeah, I was... Um, I was, I've always been like dependable. I've always been reliable. Like we've had to work, like they work, work you six days a week, you know, in that system. Get a, a hustler mentality. So, yeah. So I didn't, I didn't like, you just got to get up and you got to go to work. Yeah. You got to show up. That's yeah. it. That's it. Half the battle showing up. Yeah. And like, we, we've had a lot of people that have worked underneath us and we do right now. And yeah. That is half the battle. Dude, Finding someone that can show up and be consistent. But yeah, show up is half is really half the battle. But then like showing up, like you can still show up, but not be producing. Yeah. So show up ready to produce. Yep. And and ultimately, because you know what's feeding you is you're gonna differentiate yourself, which should differentiate your paycheck, right? Yeah. I go back to like. Some of my strongest core skills are from when I was bussing tables through high school. And I worked in a pretty, it was a fine dining establishment. There were fancy people in there. And I was, it was in a resort town. I was the year rounder. And uh, I'd be in and these BMWs are pulling through and Mercedes. And I'm like, who the heck owns these? So yeah. I'm still like <laughs> watching through the glass as I'm, you know, filling this guy's water or this woman's water. But one of the things I remember about being in there and seeing the real money come after one of these shifts was I was in the tryout room, right? Let's see if this kid can keep up. And I knew the middle room, the ocean room with the best view, yeah. had the biggest tables, the biggest tippers, all the wine bottles and all that. I'm like, I'm going to work my ass off and get into that room because when That's I work this hard... Money. 
I'm going to make that much more money. So it was about still seeing that path to the dollar, but it was it was straight hustle, grind. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'd wear... You're meeting those people too, though, and like developing a relationship, right? They're or not no? meeting the help. No, no. <laughs> oh, man. I was the help. I So like... I took you to that restaurant. Yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful restaurant. And it is... It's I like you've seen the movies. Yeah, like it's... <laughs> We my I bring my family there now and we're in the ocean room, right? Yeah, yeah, that's nice. pretty cool. And it's on the water, um, and I'd be sweating. We'd wear uh, blue button down shirts that are soaked to the oh, bone because you're yeah. sweating on Cape Cod. And I'd see these guys out in their boats out on the water right in front of me, and I'm like, someday, someday. And now, yeah, how do you get there? Yeah, like, and. Today I take my boys out and we look at that restaurant from the ocean. Right? Yeah, well, I you, started you have in two beach houses that are one what 500 yards, 400 yards from that. Two water view homes uh on the cape. Yep. Uh one's an investment property, one's for my kids to be able to have that seaside experience, which I love. I mean, you know, for me, growing up on the Cape is different. I live closer to the city now um, where my kids are going down there with my wife after school's out, right? But it's a they live in two different worlds during the school year. Um, there are – it's all work ethic, right? Yeah, I think that's – you have to have a base there and it, you have to have that worth work ethic. But the, I, before, like, the work ethic comes from having a goal or, like, a – you got to have drive on in like a what you want. I know. Right? I think you when you talk about that though, I don't. You had you were more more goal oriented I than think I was. I had no clue at like twenty two or twenty three. I, I had no clue. I was just I was just working. I knew like I had to work. I know I was developing wealth, skills, though, right? Like you were. You, I don't you, think I was. I wasn't. He was around. Yeah. <laughs> but even going through L.A., like where I grew up, it's farmland. Like it's a bunch of cows. Cow so literally, cow poop wealth paperwork. literally was on TV, right? Yeah. Like, that's it. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, my first time go going to LA, I was around like blown away, you know? So, you know, I... I was downstream from wealth. You didn't even it's, see it's, it. Didn't, yeah, it's a, no it's a, yeah, it's a far off land, you know, <laughs> when yeah. you're a kid. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah, like, you know, uh, where did you grow up? Like... I grew up in LA, Whittier. Whittier. Whittier, yeah, California. You go and you you drive over to Beverly Hills and you're you're like, wow. Rodeo Drive and you're like, is this real life? Like, who are these people? How are they buying this stuff? I remember selling uh, GMC Denali's. It was just the best job I ever had. And it really taught me what the real world was about because I, you know, you're a good athlete. You kind of get stuff on a silver platter and you get the benefit of the doubt. Um, You have leadership skills and you have referent power essentially like where you're like a celebrity almost in a small town. So, and then that jumps to college and, and so on. And that was like my first dose of like the real world the moving real to world. LA and, uh, you know, my, nobody cares. Nobody cares. You're, <laughs> yeah. Who, Oh, you did sports. I don't care. Like, and, um, I remember guys driving in and wanting to buy a brand new vehicle and just thinking, who does that? How, how, you know, like where are these guys? Because I have a huge resentment against this time of year and car commercials because forever they've been putting these bows on these cars <laughs> and pulling them into people's driveways. And I'm like, who's sitting around buying their wife 
a car, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. like, who does that? Yeah, I remember sitting there and thinking, like, one day, you know, one day I want to buy, be able to buy one of these. Like, and I just think, like, how will I ever do that? Like, my parents, you know, the lawn mowing business does did well, but it's a hundred grand a year. This is a hundred thousand dollar vehicle, hundred fifty grand a year. You know, how do you buy a hundred thousand dollar vehicle? You, you just can't. Mm-hmm. And then the best thing I ever did was get, you know, work there. My parents were upset with me because I just finished college and I moved to LA and I'm not working in the career path that I'd picked, which was to be an athletic director because entry level position as an uh, assistant AD or uh, I want to do philanthropic and fiscal giving. And that's what I did my undergrad as nice. a, a graduate assistant. It's 35 to 50 grand a year you know, maybe 60 grand a year. And you can't, you can't live in LA for that. Like, you know that there's no way you could live yeah, in LA. Yeah, for, no, there, no, you know, that's no. one of your kids' private schools. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I went door to door until, and door knocked until I got a job. And sure enough, I got a job at the GMC dealership. And at the time I felt comfortable with GMC. I knew it was an upper brand. A lot of, all my family drove Chevys, right? My parents did have a couple of GMCs growing up, you know, but you'd have that vehicle for 15 years, you know, it's not something you'd turn over. Yeah. And getting the job there was, was great because one, it, t- it taught me hustle. Well, I'm, taught me backstabbing, right? Like these car a, sales yeah. guys are vicious. So. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it taught me how to be confident and how to speak with people. And, uh, I learned like a lot of simple stuff, like never have your hands in your pockets when you're speaking with someone a lot of um, psychology in in face-to-face sales, which is good. Nice. But it taught me the meaning of hustle. Like I would, you know, we'd call them up. So the first person to come on the lot, whoever went out there and greeted them would get that up. And I'd sprint ahead of everyone. I was in better shape than these guys, right? Anyhow. But the, the cool thing was they'd come in and they put down how much money they were making on a credit application. Yeah, they have to run credit if you're going to buy a vehicle. And then on there, it would say what they did for work, what their, what their job was on that application or their, you know, their intake profession. the data and take the data. Yeah. And so I started seeing like these people buying these, you know, Denali's SUVs, they have families, they're well-established. It was the best job ever. Cause now I'm seeing what they make up, you know, what career they're in. And then I started taking resumes. I had a stack of resumes and I'd give them out. And I went on a few job interviews from that. And that's how I, you know, got my, you know, leg Rest in the door. History. Yeah. He put down how much money he was making. <laughs> On like, the, yeah, he put down how much money he's making in the monthly. And I was like, hey, you accidentally put your annual income in the monthly income. He goes, no, that's what I make a month. In fact, it's a little more than that. I was like floored. I was like, okay. Like, I got to buy it. I got to buy it. What do you, what is, what's going on? And, you know, he went, he didn't, he treated me well. He, nobody upped him at first because he was wearing flip flops and uh, swimsuit. He just got off surfing. You know, so he kind of looked like a beach bum. Wanted the most expensive vehicle on the lot. Obviously, you could pay for it in cash. It's a tax write-off for him. And, yeah, and yeah, the rest of his history, I stayed on his hip and uh, got a inter- job interview from him, and, and then I worked my way up there. But for me, that was a great experience and a better understanding of, like, what real money was and the fact that you could make there, it's out there. 50 and it's to available. 150 grand you know, a month. Yeah, you just have to hustle and grind. And yeah. Um, well, that's one of the things I think for this show, too, is uh, I know my reels are filled with 
I just did these three simple steps and yeah. I'm making 10 grand a month. <laughs> I work three hours a day and I make this a month. I think uh, there's a, I think it's badass. I keep telling my kids, I'm like, will you go do that and start bringing in yeah. some loot? But like, uh, there is, technology has enabled individual people to create their own small businesses and grab some money. But if you're going to really develop a business, it is a grind. It is a grind. I've gone through the travel, the hours, the the people, the fights at home about like two people believing that you're serving the family by working that hard. Is it like there's two points of view there? Yeah, yeah. My, you know, once you get married, you have kids. Uh, those priorities are my priorities are not. <laughs> Uh, the only ones I'm able to make a decision on today, yeah. right? They they spread a lot wider, um, but it is. Uh, I think it's all about hustle, right? And Dana White has a you know a reel that keeps popping through where if you are half a savage today, you can absolutely dominate because people are just going out there looking for that quick loot, yeah. and that's not the way we run businesses, yeah. right? It's. It, I don't think it's the way anybody runs businesses. I think the people that run successful businesses are a lot further than the way they perceive they are from the end, right? Like I can catastrophize things that are going absolutely perfect into us being out of business tomorrow, <laughs> which would never, you couldn't give my data set to anyone with a normal brain and have them believe it, but I can believe that I have to work that much harder to make Just sure, to make sure. fill that gap. Well, and I think that's what breeds the success because I'm looking for things that I don't need to look for on paper maybe, but I'm like, I am, we just, we have a strive for excellence that I think is why, you know, yeah. businesses that we work on together do so well. Yeah. And a lot of times on the social media, I, you know, those aren't real business owners. They don't know the the grind, the hustle to get it there. They might have something where they got lucky and hit a three month spurt where they made ten grand a month. It's not long term. It's not. There's 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 no there's nothing to it. And a lot of times it's fake. And that's what we've known. We've found that out by all individuals, yeah. Running into these individuals and, and and it's all a front. It's a facade. They're some really good <laughs> yes. sales. Yeah. There's a, they're they're check to check. Yeah. You know? And it's important to understand that. But if I think about, you know, uh, this first episode is really about our audience being able to get to know us a little bit, right? Uh, know what drives us, know a little bit about our background, maybe be able to identify with some of those things uh, in the way that they either grew up or the things that they had as aspirational targets. And... We're just, I mean, I, I am still a 13-year-old kid on a BMX going to wash dishes to get my money. It's just I go in a nicer car, and I go a lot, and I know a lot more than I did at 13 years old. Absolutely. And that's the point that's of good. this podcast is to be able to try and share a lot of those experiences because the fastest way to learn is have someone save you that learning and tell you what their experience was. Thank you for watching another episode of Ad, Edit, and Delete.
small business owners, helping small business owners scale correctly. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe.